0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects Podcast. We are in not-so-sunny <laughs> Redmond today, um, part of the MVP Summit. Um, that's not really what we're going to be talking about. We're at the uh, Redmond Reactor, so you may hear some background noise in the recording. It's because we're in a public space and just uh, just doing what we do. Um, super, super excited today. We're going to be talking exchange um exchange server and some of the recent announcements regarding exchange and really excited about our guest and i was just saying to him earlier that i'm i can't believe we haven't had him on (laughs) on the podcast um you know in the 70 something episodes we've done given that he is such an influential person in the uh, exchange community and really has been doing this for such a long time so jeff welcome to the show really glad to thank you chris um for those who don't know you and i'm you know I doubt there's anyone listening to this who doesn't know who you are, but could you do a, just a brief introduction of who you sure. are, what you do? and
1: Yeah. Uh, I am an uh, Exchange, Exchange Online, Microsoft 365 MVP and consultant. I have a consulting company in the Bay Area, um, and I've been working with Exchange, actually before it was Exchange, I work with Microsoft Mail 31, and uh, work my way up from there. Uh, I run the, uh, write the eXPTA blog, and uh, I've been just uh, plugging away at Exchange for a long, long time. It's uh, something that I'm very passionate about.
0: Yes, yes. It's it's always, you know, we don't get to do very many Exchange-specific episodes anymore, right? right? Um, yeah. And especially when we think, you know, the, the, one of the nice things about being kind of here in Redmond on, on campus this week is catching up with everyone, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think we we had a dinner last night, and... We had seven or eight folks who, you know, we've all known each other for more than a decade, kind of doing this this right. type of work, right? It's it's a great kind of community, and it's um it's really even after all this time, it's great to still like be able to learn from each other, right? Because you, you just never know it all. Um, so yeah, thanks again for for, for well, thanks taking for the time. Me. So, uh, the th- what we wanted to talk about today, I think, um, really topical for where we are today, right? Last week, um, Exchange 2013 went end of life, and I think. Even after all this time with Microsoft's sort of lifecycle management on products, a lot of folks don't quite understand what end of support really means, right? Um, I mean, what what are you seeing? Are you still seeing customers with Exchange 2013 like actively running the environment? Because I can tell you that I'm working with a customer right now, a very mm-hmm. large customer, who has Exchange 2013 and they've just kind of gone, uh oh, like we need to do something about this. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I have quite a few customers who are. Running 2013, have been thinking about moving, either upgrading or uh, moving to the cloud. Uh, Some of those customers have waited because they just didn't know what the landscape was going to look like for Exchange Server. Uh, Over time, they've become a little more, or I would say less reticent to go to the cloud. Uh, So uh, a number of those customers are migrating to Exchange Online now. Uh, there are some that are still migrating to on-prem they have business reasons or uh, con- contractual reasons that they have to remain on-prem or legal reasons even sometimes and um, the, so they're continuing on that journey they're they're now upgrading but there's uh, you know it ch- causes some challenges mm. uh, to get to the latest version and uh, there's some requirements that have to be met first. So. Right, yeah, the longer you yeah. wait the
0: longer the the harder it becomes, exactly. right? And, exactly. and, and 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 it's interesting you say sort of un, the unknown landscape, right? Cuz really I mean we we current version of exchange is still exchange 2019. Right. We we don't we don't know officially about any new versions or anything like that, right? So that's kind mm-hmm. of the still the state of 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 play is like where do you go? Is you either going to go to exchange server 2019 mm-hmm. uh, or you're going to go to exchange online. Um you know my my opinion on this and i think we've we've nick and i have talked about this on the show before is that unless you have very specific regulatory reasons or legal reasons contractual reasons are are, are quite common as well to host your own email they really i mean you right. can't do a better job of it than microsoft can Yeah. Right? um and so you know again i think it's 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 worth reviewing those policies right if you're an organisation who is possibly on exchange uh 2013 today reviewing those policies and kind of understanding exactly when that decision was made whenever it was made whether it's still relevant in today's world right, right? um it's funny how the t- technology cycle is is sort of shortened so much now things are like spinning out of control Mm-hmm. But policies don't get reviewed or updated, you know. Right. Almost nearly as often.
1: Yeah, that's something that I work with customers quite a bit is to review those policies and find out what are the actual reasons you think you need to be on-prem. Yeah. And maybe it's time to update those reasons. You right. Know? Uh, there's, uh, there's just not very many reasons at all to stay on-prem. Right.
0: Right. And and I think um, part of that is is. When you look at legal stuff, right now I'm not a lawyer, but mm. but very often the the understanding of what the law or the compliance thing that you're trying to comply with it's open to interpretation, right? And mm. sometimes um, customers interpret that incorrectly or in a way okay. that you know is convenient for them to say, well, hey, we've got this this you know whatever thing that we need to comply with, and it's it's forcing us to stay on premises right. when well, maybe it doesn't, right? So mm-hmm. a really good tip as well when you have that situation is, well, get someone who actually understands this stuff, right. you know, not me, um, but an actual person who, who deals with, you know, the law and uh-huh. can interpret that for you in your loc- locale or region to, m- to to help you with that. Because, right. because again, you may be interpreting that incorrectly and, and you're essentially just creating a lot of technical debt for yourself, I yes. think. So.
1: And, you know, something I've seen uh, that's come up lately is business insurance Mm -hmm. i'm finding some customers if they are running exchange on prem their business insurance triples in cost
0: you know that is the
1: vulnerabilities and the and the uh the the amount of effort that it takes to keep it up to date and uh make sure everything is is running smoothly Mm. uh that's a risk to them and well uh, insurance companies are all about assigning risks yes so uh it, it is more risky it's going to cost you more money so
0: and, and you know that's a very good point i i've had to deal with this myself right as a consultant i am um, you know working in different parts of the world i i have worked in the us before as a consultant the insurance requirements are pretty interesting and it's yeah. it's great when you know obviously i'm all in on the microsoft cloud right so I, I know microsoft complies to all of these things so it's very easy for me to go and say yes 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 mm-hmm. to all of the controls that get asked in the secu- on the uh, insurance forms but it would be a lot harder if you if you weren't right. If right. you're trying to manage all that stuff yourself, how yeah. do you know like your data center is whatever compliant and and all of this? Mm-hmm. So very right. good point as well. So um, and I think probably the, the 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 biggest reason right in 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 making sure that you're up to date and we talk about updating and uh, apply patches and all this stuff all the time is is the security side of this right and and so Microsoft there was a recent announcement. Um, no, I saw the announcement come through on on uh, tech community, but I think it's it's probably been circulated pretty widely about throttling and blocking of of email um, from okay. from older versions of Exchange. Um, and this is one of those things again where people have lost their mind. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, because because of two things. Because as as always, and I I take issue with the tech press in in, in some instances because. A lot of the times they come up with these clickbaity headlines, and it, the, the security right. press is very good at that. Is mm-hmm. is oh well, Microsoft have done it again. Yeah, you know, make it sensational yep. so that yes. it,
1: it, it gets people to
0: exactly. Write. And and you know, everyone everyone likes to hate on Microsoft for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to obviously where criticism is due, mm-hmm. be constructive about it. But where praises do you need to also kind of you know. Be mindful of the fact that hey they've done a good job in other areas right right? but anyway they've run with these headlines of like well hey do you have an old version of exchange guess what you're not going to be able to use it anymore well that's not entirely true right right and i I think it's worth spending some time in this conversation to kind of talk about exactly what this means today um obviously we don't know what the future holds like we don't have a magic 8 ball in front of us that that we can kind of shake uh, or role, or whatever. <laughs> um, and, and we we know that Microsoft does make policy changes from time to time based on customer feedback. You know, we saw that with basic auth and how um, how long it took them to disable that and turn that off, right? Because customers pushed back. And I think the Outlook Outlook and Office macros thing from last year was another one of those mm-hmm. very interesting, like, yeah, we're going to do it. No, we're not going to do it. Yes, we... So it's really... You know, we're not going to speculate. We're not going to kind of come up with what may happen in the future but i think what's important for us to do is look at the facts of what the announcement means today what it means for those customers who may fall into that sort of bucket right um i think the first thing the first myth that we need to sort of dispel here right is this is not so firstly if you have an old Exchange server, it doesn't automatically mean that you're not going to be sending email. They'll be able to send email to Exchange Online, right. right? This is something that is going to be enforced over time, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So uh, let me start by explaining what the announcement was right. and, and give some background. So Microsoft receives a few emails a day. They uh, Through their service, they're able to determine that uh, some of these bad emails and bad actors are coming from... Uh, what they can identify as Exchange servers that are no longer in support. Uh, those are called persistently vulnerable servers because they are not going to receive any more updates. And so they uh, are going to be persistently vulnerable. Um, those They could be used by the bad actor themselves to send emails into Exchange or they can be corrupted. They could be compromised and be used as a a vehicle to get these emails in. So Microsoft getting the amount of emails that they do, they're able to identify the sources that these are coming from and where they're focusing on right now. And this is what the the, uh, policy or what the new uh, uh, implementation is going to be is for they're going to start with Exchange 2007 servers only and only for those servers that are sending on inbound cloud mail services enabled connectors. So what that means is if you're familiar, of course, Exchange 2007 was uh, around before the hybrid configuration wizard. But if you're familiar with the wizard, when you run it, it creates a uh, send connector to Exchange Online that has attributes on it that says that it is cloud mail services enabled. Turns on all the TLS settings, and this allows and your on-prem hybrid server to send emails from on-prem to the cloud and bypass a lot of the safeguards that mm-hmm. most emails would go through that are anonymous or coming from a, a a partner.
0: Because that's really treating the email as an internal email, exactly it, right. It's it's, yeah,
1: it's the whole idea is to try to make it right. similar to like a Windows Trust. Right. So. When the email comes in, it's trusted and therefore bypasses a lot of this, the checks. And that's what allows those emails to come in and, and make sure that you know an on-prem user sends a email to a cloud user in the same tenant, in the same organization, mm-hmm. and it doesn't end up in their junk mail. Right. And when you see it in Outlook, it shows us their name rather than e- email address right. because it's trusted, right? So w- they're specifically targeting 2007 at first. Uh, and uh, only emails that are coming in on those connectors, okay? We're not talking about anonymous emails. Right. So that doesn't mean your your server is not going to be able to send mail. It <laughs> just won't be able to over time. It mm. will, will get consistently throttled more and more and more until it's eventually blocked over, I think, the, it's 30 days. So right. close to that. Right. So um, that that is, in essence, where we're starting. Now, that's going to, we're going to see how that goes, or they're going to see how that goes with Exchange 2007, and then they're going to extend it to other out of support servers. So mm. you'll see it happening with uh, 2010, 2013 now that 2013 is out of support.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, you were talking about support. Support, just uh, in this case, means when it reaches the end of life support, it's no longer going to receive any more security updates uh during extended support it doesn't get feature updates it get, still gets security updates and i think that lasts uh on the life cycle about 10 years after it it's released or, or maybe it's 10 years after the last uh cu or service pack sorry have to look that one yeah, up yeah it's one of those but things yeah, like yeah it's yeah. technical yeah. but yeah. the um uh once once it gets into that state and it's no longer getting updates then Obviously, the bad guys are still hacking at those servers, trying to compromise them right so uh they can become they are a vulnerable mm. server mm. and they're going they're considered persistently vulnerable mm. because there are no updates that are going to come out for those right
0: i like the f- the the usage of that word i think it it kind of describes it i mean it does paint a bad picture, but it does the, yeah, it's a, right. it's an accurate description right yeah and and what's also interesting to me as well is is the same press that kind of jump all over the jumped all over this yeah. Are also the first to get in line when there is a vulnerability or some sort of, you <laughs> know, right. right? They're the first ones to say, "Oh well, you know what? Guess what? Exchange has got another, you know, RCE, or there's another CVE for yeah. Exchange." Um So they're the first ones to say that Exchange, you know, can have right. holes or there are such security challenges with Exchange. But then they're not supportive necessarily of of the fact that Microsoft is saying, "Okay, well, hang on, let's let's actually start doing something about yeah. this, right?" In in a way that is helpful. Right. Um. So as as far as the enforcement goes, I'm I'm looking at the the table on the tech community post now, and mm-hmm. there's sort of a uh, the table that describes how the inf- enforcement stages will go, and I'll, I'll post a link in the in the show notes. Um, this isn't something again that also is just going to happen from day one. There's there's a a reporting phase to this whole thing, which lasts thirty days. Mm-hmm. So. For the first 30 days, everything's going to be okay. Except as the admin, you're actually going to get some reports to tell you, "Hey, Mr. Admin, you have an old Exchange 2007 server that is sending email to Exchange Online. If you don't do anything in the next 30 days, we're going to um, we're going to do something about it." So, right. from when this actually starts getting enforced to when you actually start getting completely blocked, that's a 90-day window, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a lot of time. It's not just an on switch that says you know zero to hero. Right. So so uh, so well.
1: That's going to be displayed in a dashboard that's in the Exchange Online uh, right. uh, portal. I I don't know how many people are going to go there to right. notice that in that's, the first that's fair. place. So it's, it, it, what it's going to do is you know red red line something saying you've got an Exchange 2007 server or a 2010 server or a 2013 that is sending mm. emails on this uh, secured channel mm. into inbound channel to Office 365. And you need to upgrade it. It will give some guidance and tell mm. you, you know, what you should do if it's uh, 2016 and it's uh, beyond two CUs back. It would mm. show as a as a warning, and and advise you to uh, upgrade the to the latest CU. So there's um, there's some guidance there. But you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Mm. And if they're not reading the the portal, they're not going to know about that. Mm. And I can guarantee, probably those the majority of those people that are running 2007 servers Mm. that are using those old connectors that were created 20 years ago Mm. are going to have, uh, there's nobody monitoring those. Mm. So the way that it's going to become apparent to them is, let's say I've got that 2007 server and I'm using it for an internal relay. All of a sudden my faxes and copiers and things like that, application Mm. servers that are on-prem that are relaying through Exchange, are those emails are not going to get delivered or they're going to get delivered slowly. Mm. And hopefully over time, this uh, succeeding length of uh, throttling will eventually drive people to look at it and go, hey, what's 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 going going on? on? I'm not getting my backup reports or whatever. And, um, you know, that will draw their attention to it. And then if they should go to the portal or, Mm. you know, then they'll, oh, look at that. I got a 2007 Mm. server. Didn't even know I had. Yep. I see a lot of environments where the uh, the admins have left, Mm. right, long time ago. And Ed in the mailroom is running the Exchange server. He's responsible for putting patches on it, and nobody even knows that this thing is running. It's you know on a uh, running under a desk or something. So Mm -hmm. um, they may even be surprised to know that it's there.
0: Right. And, And so that's I mean it's there's an interesting thing to be said for environments that are still running, uh, particularly Exchange 2007, because <laughs> this should be the least of your worries, yeah, right? <laughs> Ultimately, if you're running Exchange 2007, you're probably still running Server 2008, yeah. or can, can st- yeah. I don't even think it can run on 2012, can uh, it? No. So so you're running Server 2008, yeah, which yeah. has also been end of life and end of support for yeah. some time now. Right. Um, that's a problem, right? Yeah. That's arguably, again, a ba- yeah. bigger problem for you than oh, hey, my, my mail's not working because right. you, you have all sorts of things that you're opening yourself up to, yep. uh, you know, in that. Um, and y- if you were trying to or have been trying to upgrade to later versions of Exchange, you're not going to be able to go even to 2013 right. if you still have 2007 in your environment, exactly. right? right? So there's, folks are making a big deal about this, Um Firstly, if if this is you and you're in this situation where you still have 2007, yes, we understand you love 2007, right? Personally, I love 2010. I thought Exchange 2010 is mm-hmm. the best Exchange server i have ever built. But we've moved on from that. Obviously, things mature, code matures, all of those things. We can't just keep running these things, even though there may be nothing wrong with them. We we, at some point, we need to upgrade, right? right. You can't you yeah. can't expect your you know your your 69 Cheval to have Apple CarPlay, right? right. Things like that. Yes. Like we, exactly. technology moves on, and we we, yeah. we move on. So. I, I get it, but you're also you need to start looking around you because mm-hmm. if your 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 Windows version is out of date, that's a problem. Right. If you're running an old version of ESX, there was some massive ESX issues just Absolutely. just a couple of months ago. Yeah, um, you know, with with ESX versions that haven't been upgraded, and those the hypervisors have been hacked. Right. Right. It, it, this is a a symptom of a much bigger problem in your environment than just yeah. your 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 Exchange ever being being old yeah ultimately
1: exchange online is uh they're trying to protect the service the majority of their customers are running this uh their their service Mm. they need to protect their customers the best way they know how um they are aware of these servers that are vulnerable Mm. and uh they can choose to block them right uh now that's only on those inbound you know Mm. special connectors that doesn't Mm. mean that a 2007 server can send anonymously Mm. um but uh yeah i mean What they're doing is they're trying to protect the service and drive awareness Mm. with the admins that are on-prem that you're running these bad servers, these Mm. servers that are vulnerable. And uh, it, it's your in, in your own best interest to upgrade that yep. technical debt.
0: Right. And, and, you know, I think it's in the same vein as, as running basic auth on things, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're running 2007, you're running basic auth. You're probably running IMAP and POP and all of these other really easily compromisable exactly. protocols, right? If you mm-hmm. think about um, the stats of, like, how mailboxes and things are getting compromised, it's, it's IMAP usually because mm-hmm. those old protocols don't support MFA, they're easy targets um, how many just billion credentials are out on the internet at the moment like it, it i mean it's every week right? right even in australia we i've lost track now because <laughs> you know what i mean like because well, what's interesting is when i lived in the us i mean you know these compromise events and 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 data breaches happen all the time everywhere mm-hmm. right but in the US, they don't get sensationalized quite a lot. I mean, that doesn't make the news, right? Or maybe when Yahoo got hacked or whatever, right. um, or when LinkedIn got ha- breached in like 2012, it kind of made the news. But in Australia, when a big company gets uh, gets breached, man, it's all over the place, yeah. right? And everyone's talking about it. And uh, these credentials are getting, are getting leaked, and, and, and you're mm-hmm. running a protocol that you can't even secure through mfa and it, right. it happens right i've done compromise assessments on customers with you know even more modern versions of exchange running old protocols that mm-hmm. have been compromised it's it's problematic right. um so that's the first thing i wanted to say about the second thing is 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 um i think a lot of folks are taking this to be a a big stick to move to cloud services, right? right. Or, 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 you know, like a, a big, um, Microsoft's forcing you to upgrade in some way. And in a sense, I think, yes, they are, but I think the reason behind this isn't necessarily a revenue push as much as it is a um, a security push, right? Let's, right? let's make sure that the environment that we're managing for our customers is as safe as it can be. And if you're running these old things, well, maybe we don't want you connecting into our environment, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you turn up to a restaurant, you're not wearing shoes, and you know what I mean. You're wearing yeah. like, you know, ripped jeans, and 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 half, you know, they're not gonna let you in, right? right? It's the same concept. Like they have the right to protect the customers that are willing to to, mm-hmm. to pay and dress appropriately. I I see it as the same thing. So yeah. I, I think it's a lot of people are making a lot of fuss about something that isn't necessarily intended yeah, that I way. Yeah, I think
1: it's it's ill informed. Right. They think it's it's c- shutting off all yep. Exchange you right. know traffic from your server. It's right. that's not the case. Right.
0: I think it's important to understand that even if you're not on Exchange 2007 and this doesn't infect you affect you right right away, this should be a warning call for you if you're on Exchange 2010 mm-hmm. or if you're on Exchange 2013. And we know there are customers like that. I, I know of many of them myself. Right. Um, Start thinking about where you're going to go with this, right? yes, mm-hmm. I think you know, as we said at the beginning um of of the conversation, perhaps that feature state is a little bit unclear, but um a hybrid future sta- a hybrid state is 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 perfectly acceptable state right mm-hmm. it, you don't have to yeah. be all in the cloud or all on prem you can be right. in a hybrid state um that solves a lot of problems for customers, and I mean we know mm-hmm. um we know that it works really really well, but I think there's you have to start thinking about this because yeah. these things don't happen overnight. You know, you mm-hmm. can't um, decide to, to upgrade your exchange server and then ha- hope to have it done next week if you're a large environment. It takes a while. Right. It's it's, it's, you it's know, a lot of planning. It is. And very often it includes upgrades to hardware and hypervisor and… Yep. Um, you know, if you're if you are virtualizing and, and, and OS levels and then you mm-hmm. you know, you go down this road of like, oh well guess what? We need a new version of Windows, which we don't have packaged and we yeah. It can take a long time. So it's yes. worth it's worth um sort of thinking about. Mm-hmm. I think to summarize though, um like what what exactly does this mean? Well, uh one, the first thing I'm hearing is right now or the initial sort of deployment of this is gonna be for exchange 2007 if you're running an internal um an internal connector or yeah it's it's called the internal connector isn't it yes um so so if you fall into that boat we would hope that in you know 2023 that would be a small number of 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 environments right i'm Mm -hmm. sure there there may be some environments that have a really good reason for that but you would hope in 2023 Mm -hmm. the number of organizations running exchange 2007 is minimal yeah um is it going to be every every connection? Uh, no, it's going to be connections through those through those specific connectors. And is it going to happen straight away? No, it's going to be you're going to there's going to be some reporting. Uh, there's a reporting dashboard. There's going to be some uh, some other things, um, and then there's going to be a throttle mm-hmm. before it eventually locks locks you out. So there's yeah. plenty of time to kind of figure out what's what's going on if you have an environment that exactly. you're not uh, 100% familiar with. But like I said, I think don't 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 rest <laughs> on your laurels here. If right. you if you are in a you know running an unsupported or an out of support version, it's worth probably thinking about yeah. a, an upgrade.
1: And and depending on your environment, if you're only using it for relay, yeah, you don't even have to replace it. Uh, do an upgrade. Yeah. I mean, you could replace it with a different type of MTA. Mm-hmm. You could even use IIS server if you wanted to. There's mm-hmm. ways to secure that in Exchange Online mm-hmm. so that they get past. Through, they don't go through the same process, but mm. they they get treated as more trusted mm-hmm. and uh, less likely to get into mm. you know a user's uh, junk mail. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know it doesn't have to be Exchange as mm. an upgrade. You could you could totally replace it with something else. Mm-hmm. They're just really protecting the service from mm. those persistently mm. vulnerable servers, and it's in your best interest to do the same. Yeah, and you if you have.
0: A very large environment that needs an upgrade and you you don't have the time to do the upgrade before the enforcement happens um you know perhaps routing this through some third-party uh mta is 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 an option for you as well Mm -hmm. um that that solves the challenge of securing the mail coming into 365 so at least we know everything coming through from you know your 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 third party of choice, be be it uh, Mimecast or Proofpoint or yeah. any of those ones. At least we we know that we can trust that message because it's coming through there. How they handle that connection exactly. is, is entirely up to them, right? Yep. Um, so that so that's something to think about. But but you're absolutely right. I I would venture to guess, and I have obviously absolutely no s- telemetry to back this up, but mm-hmm. I would venture to guess the majority of these servers are exactly what what you're saying. They are early adopters of the service right Mm -hmm. early adopters of exchange online that built out hybrid environments a decade ago and they did it was too hard to remediate all of the mfas and uh, the the multifunction devices and all of the other things that were on-prem so they've left some old servers in place because they don't have mailboxes on them Mm -hmm. but they are just routing mail right and they left them there because it was just you know, you know, it's a pain yeah. to 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 go and find everything that's been hard coded to the IP address. Oh yeah, you know, especially those old things that don't even do DNS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably what a lot of this is. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, are those business critical? I mean, you would hope not, but right. but maybe maybe yeah. it's really important. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, I. It's probably been three years since the last time I touched it. Uh, customer yeah. who had 2007. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there are tools or scripts I've got my own that uh, you uh, collect SMTP talkers. Mm. Basically, it's a, a, a SQL script that you run, and it uh, reports all of the uh, IP addresses, and if it can do a reverse lookup on the name, the name of the device that has sent mail through it in the mm. last 30 days. Mm. Um, really helpful. You go out, and then you find what those are and you remediate, do whatever you're going to do. If you could have, if you don't have very many, you could send it directly through the firewall to the cloud from that device Mm. or you implement a new type Mm. of uh, MTA internally that you would force Mm. everything through. Yeah,
0: because I think what's happened is a lot of, especially 10 years ago, a lot of these multifunction devices and things they didn't do any with smtp auth right? right they just wanted an ip address oh a yeah. port number and that's it yeah. and 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 so you needed those anonymous connectors to do the relay i think we've moved on quite a lot from that now i think most right. manufacturers now will give you some level of of, of auth on smtp so you can yeah. go direct if you really wanted to um, so i think there's a lot that, there's a lot there are a lot of options here this isn't mm-hmm. quite as dire as what people think uh, oh think. not nearly um, no. i'm pretty supportive of this honestly i think it's uh, you know I, I, do too. I think we need yeah. to We need to start getting rid of some of this old stuff you know we can't Mm -hmm. we can't preach zero trust and preach security um in one breath and on the other hand go oh but it's okay to have that old 2007 server sitting there right we we can't do that if you want to be secure you've got to be secure everywhere and i i've always i always use the example of you know that customer and we all have that customer or that environment where they're super secure, and they won't let you do anything, and you can't get access, and you you know you have to view view things over a secure terminal, and then when you look at the patch level of their servers, they're three years behind, right? right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, again, you you can't if you want to be secure, you've got to be c- consistently secure. Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, so, um, one of the things we did before uh, hitting record was was look at licensing for uh, if you were still running Exchange 2007 Mm -hmm. uh, on-prem, and you had no cloud footprint as far as licensing goes, Um, what does that mean for you? Well, it means, yes, you're going to have to get um, probably some Windows licensing because you're going to need Windows Server. You're going to have to get an Exchange Server license for Exchange Server 2019, if that's where you're going to go, and then Mm -hmm. you're likely going to have to upgrade all your CALs as well. Well,
1: yeah, just to be clear, though, this is... Only for Exchange Online, we're not. They're, yeah. they're not doing anything to shut down right. Exchange right. 2007. So if you have no presence in the cloud, that's a good point. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah, okay? good point. I mean, well, you do. You're running Exchange 2007. <laughs> you should be worried. Uh, but but Microsoft is yes, not going to do right, anything. Yeah, they're not going to. Uh, you know, be the cop that stops you from from going doing to, that. Yeah, from doing that. So uh, if you have a presence in the cloud, um, it's. A, uh, I'm going to make an assumption that right. you're mailboxes are all in the cloud, but you may be still in hybrid. I mean, literally in hybrid where you have some mailboxes on-prem and some in the cloud, uh, in which case you need, um, when you do an upgrade, if you choose to do Exchange, and you would because you have mailboxes on-prem, I mean, you could always look at re-migrating those to the cloud now Hmm. and and completely eliminate your uh, on-prem mailbox experience. Uh, But... If you have mailboxes on-prem and you are required to do an upgrade, then, yeah, you are going to have to buy uh, Exchange server license. Uh, it will be running on a new version of Windows. That will require a Windows license. Uh, and then there are CALs. There's CALs for Windows and there's CALs for uh, Exchange. The CALs are not upgradable. So if you have a 2007 CALs, it won't run t- 2013. You have to get new CALs. And those are only for the mailboxes that are on-prem. Hmm. Uh, the uh, If you have a presence, well, you obviously would have a presence in the cloud. Um, if you have CALs for all your users, the, there are uh, on-prem equivalency CALs that are included in your Exchange Online CAL. Hmm. So uh, when you have a license in Exchange, let's say you've got an E3 or a business premium or whatever, uh, th- in the cloud. That gives you rights to run Exchange. Uh, as a, It's a client access license that runs on-prem. So uh, no need to upgrade those those cows. Um, but you would have to write by the Windows server. And
0: you know what? Uh, just thinking about it, if you are upgrading Exchange 2007 on-prem, it's a double hop for you because you're not going to yeah. be able to go directly to 2019. Right. You're going to have to first go to t- 2013, right? Mm-hmm. And then decommission 20, 2007. Yes. Then because 2013 is also end of support, you're probably going to want to go from there to 2019. Correct. Um, so you're going to have to do a double hop, which, you know, is going to be a little bit of a challenge so so now i'm
1: not a licensing expert neither yeah neither am i nobody <laughs> yeah. is except for gandalf <laughs> so uh <laughs> we're uh you know don't don't quote me on this <laughs> but i guess it, you could in theory if you could do your double hop fast enough there is a trial hmm. windows trial and an exchange trial license that uh are you running in trial mode in exchange there's no trial license um and uh you could do that double hop quickly enough you could mm. then just finish on your last cal um and server license the um yeah that's, yeah, that's as far as i 'm going to go with that yeah yeah well, <laughs> i mean
0: it's an it 's an interesting thing it is a lot of work right and the, yeah. the term sort of technical debt really does does kind of right. describe it right yeah. so so look I think to take away from 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 this really is i mean yes, this is happening. Um, but it isn't—it isn't as dire as you know certain certain parts of the press will make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there are options, and realistically, if you are running Exchange 2007 today, um, and you know about it, uh, there are other things you should probably be looking at as well. Right. right.
1: You, you, I, the other thing I would mention is uh, if you're running 2010, and there are a lot of customers out there running 2010, because yeah. like you said, yeah. it ran solid. Yeah. Right. Uh, that is no longer in support either. Yeah. It's just they're starting with 2007, so expect this to come to 2010 and 2013 relatively soon. Mm. You should be planning ahead and mm-hmm. thinking about that. Here now the, the people, the, the handful that are running 2007 with internal connectors have to be think about it real soon. Yeah. Um, this is your opportunity if you're on an uh, older version that's no longer in support. Uh, that you should be looking at your strategy and decide: Are you going to stay on-prem? Or are you going to move them to the cloud? There are options to uh, uh, do management on-prem without an mm. Exchange server mm-hmm. using the Exchange 2019 management tools. Uh, you don't even have to run Exchange anymore. Um, you don't. You'll have to have a different option for relay mm. if that's what you're requiring. Mm. Uh, otherwise, for large enterprise customers, I see them mostly moving to an upgrade. Mm.
0: And I think um Steve Goodman also has his uh console or portal that he's written that also helps yeah. with that management stuff. If you're a small enough environment, right um that, that's super useful. Yeah. So you know, look look at that as well and I'll I'll drop a link into that as well. I love the work mm-hmm. Steve's done on that. So yeah. pretty it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um Jeff, thank you for your time. This yeah, has uh, been this has thanks, been great. Chris. Um yeah. if if anyone wants to find you or, or sort of follow you social media, things yeah. like that, how anything you want to plug?
1: uh well my blog is uh, expta.com uh you can uh, reach out to me on twitter i'm uh, at expta and uh i don't spend too much time on twitter anymore I, me and elon don't get along very well so but i do see the posts that go there i don't use it so much uh and um yeah i'm uh, happy to you can uh from my website, which is uh, my regular business website, there's a contact form there. If okay. If you're interested,
0: fantastic. Well, look again. Thank you, thank you very much for for your yeah. time and yeah, uh, yeah we we'll look forward to catching up for hanging no, out at least great. for the rest of the yeah. Next couple let's of days. hope
1: it's not another three years. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Chris. cool
0: Hey everyone, before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at the architects.cloud. Alternatively, drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At
1: the Cloud org.